Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the JersNet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is made by fans for fans, uh, where the content is absolutely free. Episode 94 of the Jersnet podcast. Uh, we're approaching the 100 mark. Uh, if, if you're new to the pod, we would we would encourage you to subscribe. Get the word out there on social media that we're here. Over 3,000 subscribers now, so thanks. Thanks for everyone who's uh, listened in and subscribed so far. The pod is live tonight. We're, we're, we're live on the Sunday night at half nine. Uh, however, the pod will be available to stream and download on a variety of platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, and all the rest of the places where you get your pods. We're still we're still in a lockdown at the moment. There's, there is a lot of football stuff to talk about, though, uh, with stuff with the SPFL. We've had some bad news tonight about uh, Katic. Uh, we'll discuss that. It's been a busy week at the club. Uh, they've announced how many season tickets were sold. There was the uh, the new Castori kit or Castor kit, uh, excuse me, was revealed this week. The MyJer stuff, all that, and there's been some uh, new, uh, news on players this week as well. We've obviously got news tonight of Katic, as I said earlier, and we'll discuss that. Uh, Ross McCrory, Jake Hasty, some news about those guys. So we'll try and cover all of that uh, as the night progresses. Uh, having an absolute mare here, so I'll bring the other boys in. I'll, I'll go to David Fraser first. We've got David Fraser and Stephen Clifford tonight. Uh, I have to go to David first because Stevie's still having his tea. Right, David, how are you? I'm having a mare. I'm well, thanks, Colin. Evening, everybody that's listening in live. Evening, Stevie. Um, I am fine, Colin. How's yourself? Uh, apart from forgetting to shut down the YouTube stream there and getting feedback, I was actually listening to myself as I was talking. I thought it was one of you guys that came in, but it was uh, it was a live broadcast going out. Uh, rookie mistake, but other than that, I'm fine. Uh, how are you finding? We were sort of discussing it before we came on here. How are you, how is your lockdown going? I like yourself. I it's starting to um, I, the reality's starting to great a wee bit. Truth be told, um, finding working for home to be a bit of a drag, but uh, I guess there's, there's plenty to be thankful for. So, um, you know me, Con, I'm a, I'm a glass half full type of guy. Yeah, you sound it, David. You sound it. <laughs> 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 we were talking before we came on as well about the football. You know, it's it's project restarts happen down in England and there's Premiership games. I, I don't feel but they're quite the same without the supporters. I was saying before we came on earlier that the tempo's pretty low. Uh, is, is that kind of how you feel about it as well? The, 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 the supporters add so much to it that when they're not there, it's sort of, it just doesn't feel the same to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. It's, football's entertainment. It's a spectacle. And fans uh, are an intrinsic part of that spectacle. And atmosphere generation, etc, etc. So, um, I mean, we, we discussed off here the, the, the ins and outs of other 
you know, players that that welcome the pressure and react in a positive way to it, as opposed to guys that maybe are predisposed to wilting under the pressure. Of, you know, fans being for them and whatnot. But um, aye, the football is there's a surreal edge to it. I would think. Um, but aye, I mean. Some guys can't go it, and, and other guys just think, well, it's 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 football of of sorts. So I'll just tune in. But I guess if you're if you're paying your Sky subscription, you're more inclined to to tune in and watch it. Nah, I've tried. I have. I've tried to watch a few games, but I've not. I've not got through. I think the, the only one I managed to watch the full ninety minutes or close to it was the Liverpool Everton game, and it was. It was 90 minutes of my life. I'll never get back, to be honest with you. Uh, and also joining us tonight, uh, we've got Stevie Clifford. Uh, hopefully he's finished his tea. How are you, Stevie? I'm all right, mate. Um, yep, dinner's finished. Um, so, ready to discuss everything. And Hope everyone is well. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm having a mare, but other than that, everyone's dinky-doo. Uh, and how's your lockdown been? You're not allowed to swear here, so I'll just say <laughs> that it's it has been up and down. Uh, well, Frankie's not here, so you know you can swear if you want. It's, All right, well, uh, shite no, then. Shite, I. <laughs> Similar to mine, Stevie. I can assure you. I mean, I, I, obviously there are bigger things at play, and you you can't grumble too much. You know, there are people out there obviously facing. Uh, issues with their job and health and stuff like that. So you can't grumble too much. But I must admit, especially now in the last couple of weeks that the weather seems to have turned, uh, it's 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 not been much fun at all. I must admit, my, my routine is get up, sit at, sit at my kitchen table, work, uh, go for a run, come home, have my tea and go to bed. And it just seems to be, it's like Groundhog Day and it's it's no use. So hopefully tonight we can, we can talk about a few things and, and take our mind off it. Uh, for the next hour or so. Uh, guys, first thing I thought we would dis- discuss is the, the, the ongoing sort of saga with the SPFL. It just seems to run on and on and on. It's, it's, it's amateur hour. That's the only way we can really describe it. So, I mean, I've not been on the show for about a month, so we had a wee break and, and Ross came in at the last minute for me last week. So things are sort of, they're sort of developing on a, on a daily basis. So tomorrow... The, the fixtures are supposed to be released. However, Hearts and Partick Thistle are still pushing ahead with legal action. It was de- de- decided last week that that would go to a, a, an independent SFA panel for arbitration, and we'll, we'll see where that takes us. Stevie, I'll come to you first. I mean, your, your, your views on this whole situation at the moment and, and the sort of impact that it could have on the Scottish game. Because remember, you know, as I said, the fixtures are due to come out tomorrow. Season is due to start on the, the 1st of August. And here we are. We're still in the middle of, you know, legal ramifications. And it just feels like a total farce. Well, it is a farce. We spoke about it last time, that it was a farce. What's happened to Harps and Partick Thistle and the other teams that have been relegated and denied a chance at promotion? And that is farcical. There's no sport and integrity there at all. And we know how Scottish football loves that word, or phrase rather, sport and integrity, but it doesn't seem to come into play unless it suits certain people. So what what is going on is, is farcical, and it's also boring and a tad embarrassing for our Scottish game, in my opinion. I've lost all sense of interest in it, as, as bad as that sounds, because I should be invested in it, I should be interested because it's our game. But quite frankly, lockdown has been an absolute farce for Scottish football from start to finish. The SPFL 
are, in my opinion, a joke. And the, the decisions that they've made and, and the want to try and push through. And I remember if we journey all the way back, Colin, they were trying to crown champions, you know, a week after lockdown in the middle of April. So this this whole thing has just been a farce. And to be honest, it's, it's grained on a lot of people. Um, but I think that one positive that's come out of it, I think our support have been fantastic. There's been no or barely any um, refunds. We've all renewed in, in massive numbers and the fans have been outstanding. And a lot of us, you know, a lot of us are, are sick of what, what went on. And that's not so much from a Rangers point of view, because I'm not sitting here saying that we could have won the league or anything. I don't really want to go all over that, but we were certainly denied our right to at least try. And that grains on a lot of people, um, and, and I don't blame them. But I just think it's all farcical. There was teams were bullied and pushed into things, and, and what's going on now is is just ridiculous. Having to go to a court to try and sort this out just, sh- just shows you that the, the apparent leadership from the SPFL is inadequate because it should never have come to this stage. And Rangers warned this would happen. We just sat back and said, take your time. This is what we want. And even when we did produce a dossier warning of the financial consequences and things, we were told that we were to sit down and shut up. So I've got no sympathy for anyone. It's difficult to feel bad for <clears throat> for hearts and things, even if I do believe that they've been wrongly treated, if that makes sense. I just don't really care. It's just went on too long. It's become boring and it's just an embarrassment for our game. I, I mean, it's, it's hard to disagree with much of what you said there. Sorry Stevie. to be so cheerful, mate. Like, no, no, no. I mean, it is. It, it sounds it like is, Victor Meldrew. Like. It is amateur. You know, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And when you look at all the leagues, I mean, every league's had to deal with with what happened and and to be fair to the clubs and to be fair to the the people governing the games you know they weren't prepared for this so you can kind of feel for them they were were all caught in the hot but how we've we've dealt with it since uh and i I mean i know there's been some complaints about france and belgium but we just seem to be the the absolute laughing stock of the whole thing and and it just seems so typically scottish it seems which is a, a horrible thing to say but it does feel like it's it's very typical of, of how we run the game in this country, that it just becomes an absolute uh, farce and people are standing on the outside looking and doing nothing but, but but laughing at us. David, coming to yourself, the I, I was having a wee look today at, at what's involved in this. Uh, now, the, the process is to start tomorrow. As I said earlier on, it's, it's, it's going to uh, an, an FA panel for, for for them to decide so uh, looking at the process apparently each party so that i would assume that that's Patrick thistle hearts and the spfl uh, they get to nominate an individual uh, from the scottish fa's tribunal candidate list then they jointly agree to appoint someone who, who has been a judge solicitor or advocate for the last 10 years or so and they're they're the chairman so i'm, I'm assuming they, they will be the person that looks at all the evidence and listens to the cases and then makes a decision. Uh, that's expected to happen tomorrow. Another thing about it is, it, I mean, unlike if, if this was being heard in a court, uh, this is going to be a private hearing. So interested parties on the outside, including supporters, we won't have access to the process. We won't see what's getting said and, and what's being produced as evidence. All we'll see is, is the result. It, <sighs> 
in an age when it seems to me that transparency is everything and and that's one of the things that we were asking for you know and i think that's certainly what rangers were looking for was more transparency with their you know counter proposal that was not back does that concern you the, 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 is there anything in that process that makes you think oh this this just seems another step of fudgery for for wanting a better phrase um oh, a lot to digest there uh, I, I'm, I'm of a position broadly similar, similar to yourselves in that you know, it is farcical the situation um, the, my understanding of the, the whole process is, is pretty superficial but as I understand it and correct me if I'm wrong um, the ruling by Lord handed down by Lord Clark on Friday basically kicked it back to the SFA with the exception that um, there should be disclosure of documentation with regards to the processes, um, which obviously have uh, informed the decision to, to prematurely relegate Hearts and Partick Thistle. So, um, do you have any faith in whether uh, any wrongdoing will, will, will come to light willingly on behalf of the SPFL board? Uh, you know, there's, you know, I have zero faith that that's going to be the case. Um, you know, the, the, the picking of people on tribunals, I mean, I, I, I'm completely unaware of who's on tribunal lists. I mean, the SFA website, the last time I was on it to look into you know, memberships or committees and who ran certain teams and whatnot, um, if memory serves me correctly, it's, it's pretty opaque. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really at a loss. I think it's, it, it'll just be a case of, you know, as you rightly point out, Colin, that we'll get to hear the result. Um, whether or not QCs uh, that act on behalf of Hearts and Partick Thistle get their hands on the information that they need in order to make a case uh, that they've been um, marginalised. Uh, I've, I've got, you know, I've got my doubts about whether whether any material change will, will come about as a result of this tribunal. Stevie, again, looking at some of the stuff today uh, about the process. Now, the, I mean, Hart's main argument here, and you, you would have to. Uh, to agree with them, you know, they, they didn't get the, the opportunity to save themselves, you know, the, the season was ended prematurely, obviously pandemic, we can understand that, but you can totally sympathise with, with Hearts and Thistle being, you know, relegated essentially through a vote by proxy, so to speak. Now, looking at the, the potential outcomes of this, uh, saying that there is still a chance that Hearts and Partick Thistle can be reinstated into the Premiership or the Championship, respectively. Now, I mean, we'll take Partick Thistle out of the equation for the moment because that doesn't really have any impact on Rangers. But if Hearts were reinstated to to the Premiership, to the top tier, you know, that does have an impact on Rangers and it has an impact on the SPFL. As I said, the, the season is supposed to kick off on the 1st of August. If they're reinstated, that creates problems. The fixture list for a start that comes out tomorrow is... is rendered null and void because apparently it's not just a case of taking Dungeon United out and putting Hearts back in. If they're not reinstated, then they're looking at they could be awarded up to £10 million worth in compensation. Now, taking the compensation out of the picture altogether, 
if, if Hearts and Thistle are successful in this action, and the the, the option that's taken that as they're reinstated, that's surely going to have a a, a huge impact and 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 the, the season's ambition to kick off on the first of August. And as, as as you've pointed out, we've all renewed. You know, we're all waiting for the season to start. And then this could come along and 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 basically bugger up the whole thing and kick it any touch for a, for for another two or three weeks or whatever. The thing is, Colin, I don't have any faith that that will actually happen because, in all honesty, this has been the case of the SPFL get what the SPFL want. And if they want a certain decision to go their way, I don't have any faith that it's not. Um, I, I just I, I just think we'll get this case a couple of weeks. It'll be done and dusted. Hearts will get relegated. This will get relegated. They'll get compensation, which all the clubs pay for, and and that's it. I don't I don't see there being a a doomsday scenario in terms of the SPFL's sort of view that um, they would be forced to to reinstate because if they done that, then you know the claim would have to be there. If if other teams couldn't get promoted and things like that, then how can you declare champions? The whole thing would be absolutely farcical. I just don't see it happening. Um, and as I said, I've, I've kind of like, not to be kind of blunt or that, like I said in my last answer, I've kind of lost hope or interest in anything good coming out of it because I think we all believe that there's been at least skullduggery going on with votes and all this nonsense. And and we all, I mean, we all think that it was called too early and everything else, but it's just become, as I said last time, I'm kind of repeating myself, it's become tiresome, the whole thing. But I don't see it, Colin. I generally don't see it having any impact. I don't think Hearts and Thistle will win. I don't think it will go anywhere near um, kind of the scenario where our league gets stopped or anything because I just think that the SPFL will manipulate the the stuff the way that they need to to get it um, to, to allow it to kind of go through. But I've just no I've, I've no faith, Colin. I've, I've no faith in our governing body. I've got no faith beyond that in the SFA and stuff like that. I've just no faith in anything. As far as I'm concerned, we'll, we'll go in the August the first. Most likely, we'll be away at Aberdeen. That's my prediction for tomorrow's fixture. Um, the worst possible away trip outside Celtic, and, and we'll probably get that. So, I just, uh, I'm very cheery tonight, mate. Honestly, I told you, <laughs> lock, lockdowns destroyed me. I've just become addicted to custard creams and just <laughs> miserableness. So I just, but to be honest, mate, I just can't be bothered with the whole SPFL thing at all. Yeah, it is, it is tiresome. Sorry, mate, genuinely. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. It's, uh, it is, it is tedious and it's, it's farcical. Uh, but David, I mean, one thing, I mean, I, I can get why, uh, you know, Stephen's so <clears throat> scunnered with the whole thing, you know, because it, it does seem to just go on and on and on. And th- whenever you think, well, the right answer is going to come, it just gets swept under the carpet or kicked into the long grass. And the same people you know, stay in position and, and govern the game. Uh, now, I was I was speaking uh, to one of my mates through the week and we, we were talking about the SPFL thing and and he was kind of in, in agreement with uh, Stephen that he doesn't think much will happen of it, but he did think that Doncaster wouldn't survive us. He thinks there's enough happened already that Doncaster is, is, is you know, badly damaged and reputationally can't continue. Is that how you see it? Do you think... There has to, I mean, even if Hearts and Thistle are not successful in their attempts to, to, to overturn this, that someone's going to be a fall guy in all of this because the SPFL, no matter what they say, have not looked at a 
a fit and proper organisation through this. Uh, so is there going to be a fall guy and is it going to be Doncaster? I can't see it, Colin. Um, this all hinges on full disclosure of documentation. Um, I would see. Yeah, I would say, for, you know, as a, an outsider looking in, um, could Hearts or Thistle, for that matter, or jointly, could they, could they um, serve an interdict to, to stop the season starting if, if the tribunal doesn't go their way? And they suspect that full disclosure of documentation hasn't taken place. Don't know. Don't know. I, I, personally, I, I don't see there being any fall guy. Uh, I think they're, they're sufficiently um, insulated from any uh, danger to or you know threat to their positions within the the, the running of the game in this country. Um, obviously, last week something that we've maybe not touched upon was. Uh, Rod Petrie temporarily stepping down due to ill health to be replaced by Mike Mulraney. Uh, I wonder if that had any impact on uh, the tribunal members being picked. Uh, I'm not sure about that. That's just conjecture on my part. But um, No, to answer your question, um, I, I don't see there being any fall guy on, on the part of the SPFL. I think it'll be, it'll be fudged. I don't think full disclosure will take place. And I think that ultimately, I think that, that privately, I strongly suspect that Hearts and Thistle um, have known this to be the case all along and I've, I've, I've played the long game in the sense that they know or had prior knowledge that they'd be consigned to their fate and that all they were looking for was to try and get as much compensation from the league body as is humanly possible. And I think that will be the case. So to echo Stevie's sentiments, um, I think... The, the 42 clubs, member clubs of the SPFL will pay for number one, Celtic being awarded the title, and number two, uh, compensation, which will be due to Hearts, Partick Thistle, and if it applies, Trinar and maybe um, Broader Rangers and uh, County Hearts, if, that, if it extends that far. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong on that one. I, I, I just don't see. I think it'll just be the status quo business as usual. SPFL will will uh, will come out. Probably you know, there'll, there'll be some mud will come out. Whether it, it sticks in the long term, I very much doubt it. Colin, I'm 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 like Steve and yourself. I'm, I'm very very skeptical about um, any um, any improvements in the corporate governance of the Scottish game. My, my, we're a cheery bunch tonight. Right. Sorry, mate. That's fine. <laughs> right. We'll move on and, and discuss the, the main issue of the club. And it's, it's been a very sort of busy week at the club. There's a, a number of things have happened through the week uh, that I thought we, we, we should discuss. First thing, Stevie, uh, I, I renewed last week. Uh, I'm, always, I'm one of these guys that always leaves it to the last minute. Uh, I renewed last week. If, if anyone's listening for the club, I've never... I've, it's just a mild complaint on my behalf. I've never found it so difficult to give someone my money in my life. I, I, I renewed, I got my, my emails confirming that I'd renewed, and then a day later I got another email saying that that payment had been cancelled because I hadn't followed a correct link to make my payment. just seems a bit of a hard way to do a simple thing, guys, if anyone's listening. But that aside, Stevie, 40,000 renewals, you know, when you consider... Everything that's happening at the moment, you know, with, with the, 
you know, the pandemic. Games are going to be played behind closed doors, so we're not even going to get the chance to go to Ibrox. You know, supporters are effectively paying to watch games on the television. Uh, and people are, you know, being financially impacted upon through this uh, pandemic. You know, people are losing their jobs. Or, or even, I mean, I know one of my mates is, you know, he does a, a lot of overtime and all that's went, you know, so that's impacted on him financially. And yet 40,000 of us have, have put, our, you know, our money where our mouth is and, and signed on for another season. And you also have to add the fact that, we've, you know, we've not won a major trophy for about nine, ten years or whatever. That's some backing, you know. I, I don't think anyone, regardless of how they view Rangers as a club or or, or, the, or the fan base, I don't think anyone can deny that that's anything other than superb backing. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's not surprising um, from a from a club point of view. Um, I was never overly concerned that um, the Rangers fans wouldn't step up because we have done. Um, we we do every time, so. It's been great. I think it's actually a few, a few thousand, more than 40 now. Um, so where we're sitting is actually very good. We're almost where we were last year and maybe if they, they get to the waiting list or whatever, they will be. But yeah, I mean, it's a phenomenal support, but I think it's about time the support was repaid. Um, and I think it's up now to the to the players to, to step up and, and make this a, a season to remember for us. So it's it's all on them. We we can't do any more. I mean, we're we're basically just giving the club, you know. In in my case, it was three season tickets. So I've given them twelve hundred pound, with the likelihood that I'll, we'll, we'll not even see half the games. But I'm prepared to do that because it's our club and because they need our help. Has it been a seamless transition for me? It was very easy. I just paid and, and that was it. No hassles. But I, I would like to have seen better communication in terms of from the club. Um, but. That's only me. I mean, I, I kind of want my club to be honest with absolutely everything um, and, and give it to me straight, no matter how bad it is. But sometimes, you know, obviously, um, PR-wise and things, I might not be able to do that. But I'm the kind of guy that would rather know exactly where we stood. So I would rather they just kind of came out and said, look, we need your money. You're not really going to get to half the games. This is the way it's going to be. But I understand why they might not have got that. But virtual season tickets, it is, Colin. Um, I think it would be quite funny if they allowed my moans and, and, and grumbles to be transcended into the, the pitch for the players. But aside of that, I just, I'm, I'm kind of prepared for it. Now, like you said off air, I, I don't really enjoy the, the no atmosphere, but I just hope that the players can can get on with it and and we can knuckle down. And we have to, you know, Colin, this is a big season for the players, for the management, for everyone. So, the fans have stepped up. It's about time others did. David, the club also confirmed that the, the you know the newly introduced MyJer scheme uh, had twenty thousand supporters had signed up for it. You know, subscribed up to it. You know, so I, I, I again I had issues trying to sign up for this. Uh, when I renewed, I went in to, to join the MyJer's thing. I did me and my boy at the last went to pay for it, and I got an error message telling me that I'd already. Subscribed to to be in the MyJer scheme, and I, I was I was already a member when that's not the case. So I've had to email the club to get confirmation. However, uh, you know, it, I think for for me, and my boy, it was like sixty pound. Again, it's it's a decent amount of money, and for twenty thousand supporters to, to to stump up like that again, you have to doff your hat. Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly, the, the fans, the loyalty, the Rangers support cannot be questioned at all. Um, 
not only that, I mean, we're, we're, we're concentrating on season ticket deals and, and my jersey membership uptake. Um, don't forget, 50,000 Castor shirts have been shifted since the launch. So, um, aye, Rangers, Rangers supporters put their hands in their pocket. Uh, they follow them home and away. They go to Europe, all over Europe, far-flung places like Ufa, and spend their hard-earned cash to, to support the club. And... Um, I don't think the support. I don't think the club take the support for granted. But I echo Stevie's sentiments. It's you know, it's overdue for a wee bit of payback. I, I know. I know that the management and the players are, are obviously um, working hard to to try and redress the balance and, and give us some material success by way of, by way of silverware. But um, aye, it's a bit time uh, the support was was repaid. But aye, the the the, the loyalty, the support is is phenomenal. Um, I think if if iBooks if the capacity of iBooks was bigger, uh, I think you know there, you could well stick another ten thousand going to those figures that have been mentioned. Um, I think you know, I, I put it this way: um, you could say that the, the support have been burned by previous experiences with regards to administration and the fact that. Came perilously close to there maybe not being a Rangers. Um, certainly, in, in, in the guys that we've been used to growing up as as young kids uh, and following as teenagers and adults. Um, so, but having said that, you know, I, I think even if, if if administration and, and demotion hadn't happened, I think Rangers supporters would, would still back the team. I think this the um, the loyalty. Is phenomenal. I think if, if there's if there's if there's something tangible that, that the support can can see, uh, you know, they, they believe in that, that there's progress and there's a plan there. I think the, the, the fans will flock to it and, and will back it 100. percent And that's been borne out by the figures that have been released this week. CV, there was also a, a sort of big announcement. There's been some comings and goings. Uh, Sort of personnel-wise, and, and particularly around the, the academy. So there was there was a big announcement through the week uh, that, that Peter Lovenkranz is is to leave the club. He's leaving his coaching position. Kevin Thompson and Brian Gilmore are, are stepping up to coach Rangers B team, uh, and Graham Murray's been appointed to head of elite academy development. Uh, now all, a, a lot of stuff going on all at the same time. I must admit, when I first sort of saw Lovenkranz. Uh, Leaving the club, part of you thinks is this maybe linked to the current situation? You know, is he maybe on a big salary and someone else can do that job? I don't know, but but, but from what I'm hearing, it was Lovenkran's decision to leave. He's he's got a position somewhere in Japan, I think, another coaching position. So it it, it, would, it would appear that that was that was his choice. So is is this with, with Lovenkran's going and, and Thompson stepping up and Graham Murray getting a new position? Is this another sign of of Ross Wilson's sort of impact on the club and influence on the club uh, and, and how he wants things to go moving forward? I suppose it is yes and no in terms of it'll be him putting like his own kind of stamp on it in terms of, in terms of, of what he wants to do. But Lovenkranz, you know, had, had served as well as a coach. He's got all his top badges and he wants to go and manage. So, you know, I'm, I'm fully supportive of that. I hope he goes out and does well and smashes it. Um, Kevin Thompson again. He's he's been making um, you know, kind of. I think everybody's impressed with him at Ibrooks behind the scenes and stuff. 
Brian Gilmore as well, um, highly thought of. So it's just natural progression. Like, see if you're going to have it's the same as the youth players for the coaches and that they've got to have a ladder to see a progression in, in what they're doing. So maybe Lovenkranz just felt that his progression in terms of he got to where he was going to go. But I have no problem with that, as I said. Um, with regards to Ross Wilson, I think Ross Wilson's been very impressive when he's come in. Um, some of the business that he's doing, particularly getting players out the door, the likes of Grace and things, has, has been good. Um, I've been impressed, obviously, with the deal to get Hadji in and things. We'll maybe talk a wee bit more about other kind of deals and things that are, that are coming in terms of players going out and that. But, you know, I, I think that Ross Wilson is, is clearly a step up from Mark Allen. I never really had much time for Mark Allen, which is well documented. But um, he's, he's certainly he's certainly doing well. I, I didn't read, I, you know, I wasn't overly, this will sound bad, but I wasn't overly up nor down from the academy stuff. It just seems like it's a kind of natural progression. Peter wants to go and manage and we kind of just bump a couple of people up. Um, Graham Marty will now be kind of overseeing um, everything that's going on and I'm quite comfortable with the, the changes they've made. Um, I'm more kind of focused on, on on the first team and what's going on around there at the moment, to be honest. So happy enough with it um, in terms of, of what went on and I'm, I'm, I'm fully trusting of Ross Wilson's vision, so to speak. David, also through the week, as you, you sort of alluded to earlier on, uh, there was the, the new Castor or Castori or however you want to pronounce it. Uh, the new home kit was revealed. First thing, uh, do you like it? I looks okay, I, I Do you think it's just like the, the, the old one? <laughs> I, 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 I had a funny feeling somebody was going to mention that, but I, I the, the, the red pinstripes at the collar, I, it, looks, it looks very similar. It reminds me that there's an episode of The Simpsons when Homer uh, makes a sort of a model of the, the power plant uh, and all he does is take the current model of the power plant and add a couple of stripes to some chimneys, you know what I mean, just to make it look a bit cooler. Uh, and there was a wee bit of that. I mean, I don't want to knock uh, uh, Castor, you know, they're, they're obviously high-end brand and it's good to have them with the club, but I, I think they've just sort of traced the, the previous kit and added a couple of wee bits. Uh, but as you say, 50,000 of those kits sold. Surely good news. You know, I, I think we were doing the sums through the week, me and my mate. We, 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 we sort of brought that in at sort of £3 million. Pounds, you know what I mean? And, and and it seems that on the, the commercial side, you know, there's talk of the the, the superstore at the, at the the stadium getting redeveloped. I think it's £250,000 they're going to spend on it. It feels like that's an area the club are homing in on. And finally, we're going to get some revenue uh, coming in from that. Uh, definitely, definitely. The, the, obviously, the, the revenue stream has been largely denied to the club for the best part of, you know, near enough a decade now. So it's, it's that's obviously going to have a, an impact on, on uh, your, your projections for, any, you know, any form of business. Um, whether that be you know, first team um, improvements, whether it, it be, you know, investment in the academy, uh, investment in the in the estate of the club with regards to the stadium and, and, and the Auckland Highway, you know, that's all going to have a, an adverse impact. So it's, it's good to have that back. Uh, the fans have obviously stepped up. The fact that the 50k has been sold in the space, I mean, I think it was, you know, on Wednesday afternoon, I think maybe around about two o'clock in the afternoon, there was something like 40,000 had been sold. 
Um, I mean, that, that's that's phenomenal backing from supporters. I mean, obviously, Rangers Rangers supporters in years going by have always um, bought the club kit, um, and there's there's again I'm I'm, I'm repeating myself here. Rangers fans will, will put their hands in their pocket and they'll, they'll back the club. Um, it's doubly so if they see if there's material evidence that they can believe in that the, the, the club's heading in the right direction. Um, I think the, the Castor stuff, it's obviously early days. I've seen what they've, they've produced. It looks to be, to be quite tidy gear. They certainly um, have pitched themselves in the market as to be a, like a premium brand, you know, um, judging by the, their other offerings, clothing offerings. That, well, I, I was on their website the other day looking at the hoodies, and I, I, they're certainly premium when it comes to pricing, David. There's no doubt about that. That's where I'm, that's where I'm coming from, Colin. They certainly <laughs> £150 for a hoodie. Tom and Phil certainly know how to charge. So, um, but aye, look, you know, the, the, it's, a new, it's a new player in the in the football kit world. Um, I think Rangers fans globally will, 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 will snap it up as it, when it becomes available in terms of stock. Uh, so, aye, it's, it's, you say that you and your friend have done some basic arithmetic and reckon that that's three million pounds. I mean, that, that all goes to servicing club overheads at a time where match day revenue is obviously, you know, non-existent. Sponsorship in terms of uh, corporate hospitality and stuff like that might be, you know, dwindling slightly because of that lack of match day revenue or lack of match days. So the, the fans have been, have been tremendous. You know, season ticket sales are, you know, up there, my the, my jers you know, to, to pay for uh, a premium to get access to 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 tickets again. You, you kind of question the loyalty of Rangers support. It's, it's it's phenomenal. Just hope that you know as we've been saying for the majority of the program that the that the team can can deliver a, some success this season. Yeah, the, the, obviously the. the it was great to see those those shirts come out the door and, and it's felt like a long time since we've had a, a kit sort of reveal that's been a success, you know, obviously there was the issues with Puma and all the rest of it and, and, and for long times, uh, you know, supporters were, were not buying the kits, you know, they were, they were, they were boycotting them and it, it felt great to, to see so many going out the door and seeing all the positive comments and then bang, you know, we, we got this news the uh, Sports Direct and House of Fraser, which are both owned, obviously by Mike Ashley, you know, had some kind of deal to to sell the kits. Now the club have made a statement on this, and you know, I for one, I'm prepared to take them at face value on this. Uh, but I do, however, think it could have been handled better. Uh, I, I don't quite know where the breakdown in communication is, but they must have known that something like that was going to come out, you know, whether it was Castor that made this deal with Sports Direct or whatever. Could could that have been handled better? Because it felt like one minute we're celebrating going, yes, this is it, a new a new sort of era for the club, a new kit manufacturer. We're, we're, we're away from Sports Direct and then buying it, this stuff came out and it put a wee bit of a, a sort of downer on things. And of course, the usual suspects on the other side of the city start jumping all over it. Could that have been handled better? Could we have got prior knowledge to this before the the the, the, the reveal on Wednesday? Yes, I think it was handled. Um, 
I think the problem is, right, see when you use emotive statements like clean slate, people take that figuratively as being we'll never deal with him again, when in reality they, they should have been a bit more clearer. And even if they didn't want to be clearer, they could have made fan media aware as that's what we're there for. And we could have, I mean, I could have warned somebody on the blog or whatever. But this is, um, it's a learning curve, I think, for everyone in terms of Rangers um, and, and Castor and, and things like that. But Colin, that was part of the reason why I went and spoke to Tom Behan from um, Castor on Friday, we got the interview up on the blog and it couldn't be any clearer. Um, anyone that's not seen it should go to the fourladsatadream.blog site and check it out. And it couldn't be more clearer in terms of where we are. So the key points to pick out from it, you know, first of all, those rumours that Ashley has anything to do with Castor, 100% does not. Um, further to that, you can go on to um, check online and you'll see that Castor co-owners, um, the Beahorn brothers, and they've got five investors, five big investors. So th there's no link to Ashley there, and everyone is comfortable with that. The other the other thing he, he mentioned is that this is a two-way deal between Rangers and Castor. There's no third party. There isn't anybody else in that deal. So Rangers will tell you when they say they made a clean slate, they were absolutely true in, in that sense of the, the, the word and what they were saying was clear. And, and that coming from Castor makes it clear as well. The other thing that he mentioned, which is extremely important, was that Mike Ashley has not taken up, or Sports Direct have not taken up their legal right to match Castor's deal or any part of the contract. So when, when they say it's clean slate, they are being correct. Where I think it's maybe a bit disingenuous is that he's he clearly got a window to kind of promote and, and do his stuff, which he's going to use until the contract runs out at the end of July. And then we he will get a small percentage, as in thousands, which we've actually sold him for him to, to be able to sell in his shops in the high street, which is no different from any brand, Greaves. They mentioned the one over in Australia, et cetera. So I'm, I'm actually I'm extremely comfortable in terms of what they've told me. Um, and it's all on public record now, Colin. Everything's out there and everything's on public record. So if it turns out that this isn't true, and that they have lied and they've, they've, they've lied to shareholders and things. And a lot of people put themselves on the line for that. But I just do not see that being the case. I'm entirely comfortable with where we are. And look, listen, it is healthy. I've, I've, the timeline in the last couple of days on Twitter has been absolutely full of people asking questions and worried and things like that. But I think the important thing is to just read what he says, read what the club has said, could it have been handled better? Absolutely. But this is Rangers. We do everything the hard way. Um, but people shouldn't be worried about in terms of Ashley and this deal and things like that. And they certainly shouldn't be listening to what anybody else thinks or any other fans think. Um, very much a, a case of ignoring them and, and getting on with it ourselves. We can be vigilant. We can ask questions. We can look at it. But there's only so many things, you know, see from a, a kind of fan media point of view, Colin, I've went to the guy that owns a company or co-owns a company and asked them directly a number of questions which the mainstream media would never get access to. So in terms of fan media and, and things like that, we're, we're doing absolutely everything we can. If it turns out not to be true or whatever, then there's nothing we can do about that. I can only report back what, what we're told. 
So I don't think there's anything else we can do. We can't keep asking the guy and pasting them every day for, for answers to the things that he's made clear. I think at this point we just need to move on. Was it handled poorly? Arguably. Were they maybe a wee bit disingenuous about certain words they used or whatever, then I think possibly they could. But naturally the club would be excited and want to tell people that about their new deal and it is a clean slate, but they should have maybe said that, you know, or, or they should have leaked it out somehow that this could happen. So when it did happen, it wouldn't have made the ripples that it, that it did. But it's, do- it's gone, it's done, it's dealt with. Um, I'm happy, I'm enthusiastic about Castor. I, like you, I'm going to take it for face value. I'm going to keep an eye on it. We should keep asking questions. I'm going to keep speaking to Castor. And then we'll just we'll just go from there. The, the good thing about it is they've got a very good relationship with myself um, and with the fans. They answer us all on Instagram and things like that. And I've I've got you know phone numbers for head office for Tom Beahon, things that I can use. And if it ever needs to get used, I will use it. So I'm comfortable where we are with it. Um, I personally I, I like the home strip, um, but there's an argument that if Rangers you know put out a black bag, I would probably buy it. So. I'm happy with where we are. I'm looking forward to seeing the training gear. I just hope that um, August comes along quickly so that we can see it all and look forward to the launch of the, the new Megastore and things like that, mate. I'm not going to get overly down about it. I'm going to try and keep positive and, and take them for face value at what they've told us. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i my own sort of view in terms of kits. My, my days of that have gone. You know, as someone approaching his 50s, uh, the days of me running out in the first day and buying a football kit are probably gone, especially the, 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 the Castor one, because I, I did notice they were saying to folk to order a size up because it's quite tight. And uh, my days of getting away with such a topper <laughs> very much behind me. So uh, I'll probably be my boy. I probably will have to buy one, but it'll be for my boy. It won't be for myself. Uh, but yeah, it's good that they're here and it's good that we've got a wee bit of clarity there, uh, Stevie, on the, on the Sports Direct stuff. And as you say, if any supporters have got any doubt, they should should log on to your blog and have a wee read. Uh, David, uh, moving on to the sort of ins and outs in this week and the, the, the breaking news tonight. Uh, it wasn't on the agenda initially, but just as we came on here, we got word uh, of it. So I've added it now. Uh, Katic uh, out for a season. Uh, he sustained a cruciate uh, ligament injury and in training. And it's, it's 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 looking like it's a bad one, and he won't kick a ball uh, for the whole season. Now, there's two aspects to this, I suppose. There's, there's two ways of looking at this. One, it's a huge blow for the player. You know, I think he's one of those players. He's, he's sort of full blooded, and you know, he, he throws his head at everything. He's not perfect. He's you know, he's made mistakes, and and and, and I think that's shown. But he, you know, how many games he gets, you know, he's in and then he's out. I think Gerard has, has got quite frustrated at him. But in, in terms of his development, this is a huge blow. But also for the club, you know, I, I'm not sure if we were in the market for a centre-half, but you would imagine we would be now. So breaking news tonight, but it's 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 not of the good variety. And, and how do you view it? Well, like yourself, I'm, I'm uh, sick for Nico, if this prognosis turns out to be the case. It's a he's out for the, the whole season. Um, what you're, you're mentioning there, Con, I, I, I would have thought this was a, a you know basically a, a make or break season for Nikola Katic as to whether he was going to you know become a, a bona fide Rangers mainstay. Uh, I, you know, I would have thought that, that Rangers would have been in the, the market for a centre half. I think we're still. 
Um, given the fact that, that, that Philip Hollander seemed to be out for an extended period of time, given his injury, um, at Christmas time, I would have thought they would have been in the market for a centre half in any case. But I, I, I feel for for Nico. Um, I, I think he loves being at Rangers. Uh, he's still raw. He's got some. He's got some good attributes, which um, the coaching staff have obviously been working hard at, at trying to um, <coughs> trying to improve his game. And I think the player himself is is a dedicated professional. Uh, he's obviously been rewarded with two contracts, uh, improved contract situations. So they must see something in him. Um, whether that's to, to develop and, and move on. Uh, in order to, to, to make some money on him and, and, and buy a, a more ready-made player. That, that's, that's open to debate. Um, but aye, I think that, that possibly throws a, a wee span on the works for, for Stevie and Ross with regards to, um, to player acquisitions. Um, but I, you know, I, I've been fairly um, enthused by Ross Wilson's workings in the, the transfer market so far, especially in terms of Stevie mentioned earlier there, with regards to, to moving Deadwood on. So um, I just hope that it hasn't thrown too much of a span on the works. Stevie, the, the, the options we've got is centre-half, Golson, Hollander uh, and Edmondson. Now, we've recently signed Calvin Bassey, who is predominantly a left-back, but he has played at centre-half before. Uh, and I, I would assume that, that Gerard will view that as an option. But do you now think we will be seeking uh, a replacement for Katic for the coming season? No. I don't think we should either, Colin, to be honest. Listen, I'm gutted for Nico. Um, he's a player I really like, a guy I really like. Um, gives it his all. But in all honesty, he's not first choice. Um, he's, he's arguably not even third choice. Um, George Edmondson was really strong before lockdown. So there's an argument there. Um it depends on what way you look at it. What's what is gotten is for the player himself. But we have an academy there that we have to start using. Polster's about to leave. Flanagan's gone. Nathan Patterson will be next in at right back behind Tav. There's absolutely no reason why we should be looking at bringing in another centre half to replace Nico for six months, for nine months, for for a year, whatever he's going to be out. We don't know yet. The club haven't said that, so we need to just wait. The, the apparent prognosis, as you said, isn't good, but we need to wait for that to come. But it would not be sending out a good, excuse me, a good message for our academy, which tells everybody there's a pathway and everything else. Lewis Mayo is is more than capable. Everybody talks how highly um, about him and his capabilities. So he is more than capable of being fourth choice. And they weren't going to let him go out on loan last year because of the injury situation with Hellander either. So I'm not um, I'm not concerned about the squad in terms of Nico not being in there. I'm obviously gutted and concerned for him. So please don't take that the wrong way. I just don't think us as a squad, we, there's other positions calling that we need to go and strengthen. Our defence with uh, the back four and, and McGregor is, is more than solid and comfortable enough it's proved it in Europe time and time again. And I know people go on about Goldson and they go on, you know, that this and that. But Conor Goldson's been a, a mainstay for us now for two years and he's been exceptional. Is he capable of the odd blunder? Absolutely. But at the same time, he's capable 
of outstanding performances in, in Europe and in Scotland like he's given us. He just needs a, a wee bit more concentration on his game, I think. Um, but in terms of Hellander next time, he he was his stats and his and their stats together was really good. So I don't I don't have a concern about this injury news tonight in terms of where it leaves us. I'm more than comfortable with, with Lewis Mayo being fourth choice. You've also got Calvin Bassey who can play there as well. If if we are panicking in a situation where the third or fourth choice is getting injured and we're having to then go out and bring in cover. Where where's the cover going to come from? Are they going to get a Liverpool loanee or are they going to get um somebody on the free transfer and things? What does that say to our academy? We have to start trusting it. Let it go. Let it go with Mayo and, and we'll go from there and then see what happens. Um it's a gutter for Nico. I'm I'm really struggling for him. Um and it's, it's a bad one. We hope that he's back soon. You know, the thing with that, an ACL, if that turns out what it is to be, because, again, the club haven't said, but if that turns out to be, it, these are ones that can be six months, nine months, 14 months. So you just need to wait and see how he recovers and what the actual diagnosis is. So we wish him well. Um, as for us, I don't think it should deter us in anything that we're doing. We desperately need, in my opinion, midfielders and a right winger. That needs to be where we're moving next. And we cannot panic or change our plans because um, a potential squad player or arguably first team player, depending on how you feel and how you look at it, is, is injured. We need to stick to the path that we're on. David, uh, I mean, I, I, would, I would echo what uh, Stephen's saying there and, and we wish Katic well, you know, as, as Stephen said, I would, don't want to see, especially a young player like that and one who's He's had ups and downs, and let's not forget, he scored that great goal at Celtic Park. You know, very, very popular player amongst the supporters. I agree with Stevie, he's not uh, first choice, but uh, I hope he's back in the game pretty soon and back playing for Rangers pretty soon. Uh, David, there was also news this week about uh, Rory McCrory signing an extension until 2023. Now, Rangers have obviously signed uh, John McLaughlin a couple of weeks back there. Who's, a, who's you know not the youngest keeper, uh, 32. We've got McGregor. I mean, this that uh, it seems to send a message out to me anyway that Rangers are now looking at McCrory to be the the, the long term replacement for McGregor when he eventually hangs up the gloves. Is that how you see it? Hey, Robbie McCrory. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not too sure. I was just if you don't mind, I'm just going to back up slightly on the the center. Did I say Rory? <laughs> Oh, you said Rory. I've got it on my, I've got it on the agenda as Rory. I don't know where I got that from. Um, no, if I could just back up momentarily. When I, when I mentioned there, I'd be going into the market for a centre half. I'm I'm not entirely convinced that um, what we perceive to be a first choice centre half is good enough. I think they're, I think they're, I think they're, they're, they're good players, but uh, I'm not entirely convinced that Connor Golson and Philip Hollander will take us to where we need to be. But moving on to Robbie, Robbie McCrory. Uh, he's been earmarked as a as a future Rangers goalkeeper for for quite a number of years. Um, I seem to recall going down to watch a Scotland under twenties or under eighteens game at, at Rugby Park. Um, I can't remember who it was against, but but Robbie was in there, and it was around about the time where clubs were some English clubs were apparently sniffing around about him to 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 try and uh, tempt him away from Ibrox and tempt him to the the Ritchies down south. And he, unfortunately, he, he sold a goal that night. But um, 
Aye, uh, he's, he's he's definitely he's he's quoted, he's rated, he's been sent out in loan. Um, he's obviously signed a new contract. Uh, I see, uh, you know, with regards to his development, uh, is John McLaughlin going to impede that development? I doubt that. Um, I don't think that, that John McLaughlin's realistically going to compete with Alan McGregor for the number one jersey. Uh, I think Robbie McCrory's a good signing. What I've seen of him, I think he looks, he looks as if he, he certainly has the attributes to become a Rangers goalkeeper, but the proof's in the pudding. You know, we've had, we've had young goalkeepers before um, who have you know, been on the, the, the fringes of, of first-team action at, at Rangers. Um, cast my mind back, I think Mark Brown, Graham Smith, um, Charlie Adams' brother, a fella that, that went to Hearts, oh, I forget his name, Scott, I forget his, the, the fella's second name, Gallagher. So Gallagher, the guys that, that have come in and looked as if they could maybe make the step up, but in reality, the only youth um, prospect that's come through that wearing the gloves has been Alan McGregor. So uh, I, I, I hope that, that McCrory gets some sort of action or plays at a, a decent level um, if he was to go out and loan. So uh, it remains to be seen, I guess. But John McLaughlin, I, I've, I've, I don't see John McLaughlin getting much action other than maybe in the, the League Cup, as, as was the case with, with Wes Fodderingham. Guys, conscious of time now, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to just quickly ask you one more question before we, we wrap it up tonight. Uh, you know, the season's starting on the 1st of August. We've, we've, we've talked about the players that have sort of come and, coming and going. And where do you think, Stephen, we'll come to you first, where do you think uh, we need to strengthen most of all? I know you said earlier on midfield and the right wing. There's also the Morelos thing to consider, you know, there's seems to me there's still a chance that he might get a move. I saw him being linked uh, with Napoli through the week there. If he goes, surely we would need to strengthen there as well. Where, where do you think the key areas are that we need to strengthen? Um, I'll do this as, as quickly as I can, Colin, because you know that I like a wee waffle on. But um, if if there's interest in Morelos and, and the bid is correct, then Alfredo will go. I think everybody knows that. Um, if Alfredo stays, then he needs to be consistent. He owes Rangers as much as, you know, we've, we've given him a platform. We've, we've enhanced his contract several times and he owes us a season. He doesn't owe us six months. He needs, you know, after Christmas, he, he was anonymous and his attitude was very poor. A lot of things going on off field. And that may be critical and I am harsh on Alfredo, but it's because I know how good he can be. So if he's here, then I want a year out of him. I want solidness for that whole year. And then I want him to go on and, and smash wherever else he goes with my, with my best wishes. But in all honesty, if there's a bid and it's good enough, then then he'll go. So yeah, we would need to replace him. But going on the squad at the moment, we are weak in midfield. Um, I've seen people say Jack, Aribo, Haji might work as a three. It won't because that that's not the right balance for me. We lack somebody with an engine that's going to just win the ball all the time and push us on. Mind the way Koulibaly was for about six or seven games and then he, he kind of fell away. We need a presence like that in our midfield next to Jack or a presence better. Um, and, it, and it's clearly by the names that we're linked with and by things that are going on behind the scenes, a central midfielder is where we see um, it needs a, a proving as well. 
improving rather. But right winger, we don't have one, and that needs to be addressed as well. It would be absolutely amazing to get somebody like Scove Olsen, who we've been linked with, but I don't know how feasible that is um, in, in terms of... But we need we need two first-team players, one in the middle, one in the right wing, to, to boost the 11 as it is now. Um, and then whoever goes out, else goes out, you know, Borna, um, Kamara, Morelos, or whoever, um, then as long as we get good fees, I'm comfortable with that and we can go and replace them. But... At the moment, if nobody else left, we 100% need somebody in that middle of the park and we 100% need a right winger. What about yourself, David? Where do you think the, the key areas are that we need to strengthen before the season kicks off in August? Like Stevie, I've, I'm totally on board. We need somebody in the middle of the park. Uh, we need a unit in the park, like a Nemanja Matic-type player. Um Aye, somebody, somebody that's, that's got energy, somebody that can put their foot in. Um, we need a striker. That, that, that's that's self-evident. Um, a, a right-sided midfielder. Aye, you could make a case for that. I think we, we definitely need a striker. We need somebody in the middle of the park. Uh, I would still, I would, you know, press home the the, the notion that we, we should be in the market for a centre half. A, a quality, a top quality centre half, um, and aye, the other players, uh, there's other positions that could be maybe filled. I, I, put it this way, I think that we neglected to mention the fact that Jake Hastie's went back to to first park and loan. I think that some of the project players that, that we maybe thought we were going to turn a quick profit on, like Brandon Barker, maybe to an extent Jordan Jones. I think that these players can be. Some of these players can be let go, um, and I think the, the quality that we bring in has to be of a standard significantly higher than what we've got currently. But if you put me in a spot, I would go for three players. I would say a central midfielder, a striker, and possibly a centre half. There you go. Yeah, I know. I, I, I skipped Hasty from the agenda, David. Sorry, I was I was conscious of time. So I'd, uh, I, I mean, I. I Quickly on Hasty, I think there might still be a future for him at Rangers. I think, you know, when you when you look at somebody like Christie over at Celtic, you know, he was out for a couple of seasons on loan, and then when Celtic saw the time was right to put him in, he, he came in and done a job. Still only twenty one, Hasty, so I think it could be a good move from going back to Motherwell, and hopefully he'll, he'll develop there. Uh, but time will tell, guys. Conscious of time, I think that we'll need to. To, to wrap it there. Uh, so that's all from this week's episode of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is made by fans for fans, uh, and the content is absolutely free. A big thanks to David and Stephen for their content tonight. And remember, uh, Stephen's blog there on the, the Sports Direct stuff, if any of you any concerns about what came out through the week, uh, all questions are answered there. Uh, there'll be a show next week. Uh, I'm not quite sure who's on it. I've not looked at the, uh, the, the agenda for next week. Uh, in the meantime, get yourself on to the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, again, guys, as we've always said through this lockdown, stay safe, uh, look after yourself, don't do anything silly. Uh, and until the next time, bye for now. <laughs>